This is the Adventist World Radio, and you are listening to the Voice of Hope. For more information, please feel free to write to us. Our email address is Bible at awr dot org, or you could also call us on WhatsApp at plus one two two four two 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 zero seven seven seven. From the studio of Adventist World Radio, Pune. A very warm welcome to you. This is our international English service. In our program today, we bring you an inspiring message and songs of praise. You will hear God's word to strengthen you spiritually. You are listening to Adventist World Radio, the Voice of Hope. Welcome to write to us on this postal address, Adventist Media Center, Post Box 1446, Market Yard, Pune, 411037, Maharashtra, India. You can also log into our website to hear all our programs, which is www.awr.org. 
Before we hear God's word, here's a melodious song. I once was lost in sin, but Jesus took me in and did a little life from heaven fill my soul. It made my heart in love and wrote my name above. And just a little talk with Jesus made me whole. Now let us have a little talk with Jesus. Let us tell him all about our trouble. He will hear our faintest cry. And he will answer by and by. Now when you feel a little prayer, we'll turn it. And you know a little fire is burning. You will find a little talk with Jesus makes it right. It makes it I may have doubts and fears, my eyes be filled with tears, but Jesus is a friend who watches day and night. I go to him in prayer, he knows my every care, and just a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Now let us have a little talk with Jesus, let us tell him all about our trouble. He will hear our faintest cry, and he will answer by and by. Feel a little prayer we'll turn in, and you know a little fire is burning. You will find a little talk with Jesus makes it right, it makes it right. Now let us have a little talk to Jesus. Let us tell him all about all my trouble. And he will answer by and by. Now when you feel a little prayer, feel it turning. And you know a little fire, know it's burning. You will find a little talk with my Jesus. Makes it right. From the studios of Adventist Media Center, Pune. We have Helen Jacob presenting God's Word. Welcome, dear listeners. I am Helen Jacob, English radio speaker producer at Adventist Media Center, Pune. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you for this new day. Please give us understanding and knowledge as we go through your message. In Jesus' name, Amen. Discover Series Guide 7 About Your Future Doctors Patricia and David Marzek was a, saw a great deal of heartbreak in their work. As pediatric specialists, they dealt with many suffering children, but they were struck by the fact that some kids bounced back from disaster while others were crushed by it. Why? Why, for example, does one child go to drugs while another goes to college? Why do some abused children grow up to become abusers themselves while others become good parents? The Marazaks conducted an extensive survey to find answers to these questions. In their study, one overriding trait kept popping up among those kids who survived trauma and went on to build healthy lives. The secret, 
a basic life view of optimism and hope. Hope made the difference. Hope, more than anything else, helps us beat the odds when they are stacked against us. Human beings desperately need hope. But how do we get it? Hope is hard to find in our world. Until we look at it from the perspective of Bible prophecy. This discovery guide examines a remarkable prophecy that has inspired countless individuals with a vibrant hope. Point number one, an amazing Bible prophecy. About 500 years before the birth of Christ, God gave the world a startling glimpse into this future through the prophet Daniel. God presented an outline of world history in advance for 2,500 years from Daniel's time to our own day. This prophecy originated in a dream that God gave Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, some 2,500 years ago. The dream deeply troubled this monarch, but he couldn't remember the dream when he woke up. After all of the Babylon's wise men failed to help the king recall his dream or interpret it, a young Hebrew exile named Daniel arrived on the scene, claiming that the God of heaven would reveal all mysteries. Standing before the king, Daniel boldly declared, You looked, O king, and there before you stood a large statue, an enormous, dazzling statue, awesome in appearance. The head of the statue was made of pure gold, its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of clay and partly baked clay. While you were watching, a rock was cut out, but not by human hands. It struck the statue on its feet of iron and clay and smashed them. Then the iron, the clay and bronze, the silver and gold were broken to pieces at the same time and became like chaff on the threshing floor in the summer. The wind swept them away without leaving a trace. But the rock that struck the statue became a huge mountain and filled the whole earth. This statue, at first glance, may seem to have little to do with finding hope in contemporary times, but hold on. Point 2. The Prophecy Interpreted After telling a very impressed Nebuchadnezzar exactly what he'd seen in his vision, the prophet Daniel explained, This was a dream, and now we will interpret it to you, the king. Daniel 2.36 The head of gold, what world power did Daniel tell the king the head of gold symbolized? You, O king, are the king of kings. The God of heaven has given you dominion and power and might and glory. You are that head of gold. Verse 37-38 Daniel was saying to the ruler of that world's greatest empire, Nebuchadnezzar, God is telling you that your empire, Babylon, is represented by the statue's golden head. The chest and arms of silver, from a human perspective, Babylon looked like an empire that would last forever. But what does the prophecy say would happen next? After you, another kingdom will rise inferior to yours. Verse 39. In fulfillment of God's prediction, Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom crumbled in the ruins when Cyrus, the Persian general, overthrew the Babylonian Empire in 539 BC. 
So the chest and arms of silver represent Medo-Persia, another mighty empire. The belly and the thighs of bronze. What does this part of the great metal image represent? Next, a third kingdom, one of bronze, will rule over the whole earth. Verse 39. The belly and thighs of bronze of the image symbolized the kingdom of Greece. Alexander the Great conquered the Medes and the Persians, turning Greece into the world's third great empire. She ruled from 331 to 168 BC. The legs of iron. Finally, there will be a fourth kingdom, said the prophet. Strong as iron, for iron breaks and smashes everything. And as iron breaks things to pieces, so it will crush and break all others. Verse 40. After the death of Alexander, his empire weakened and split into rival fractions until finally in 168 BC, at the Battle of Pydna, the Iron Empire of Rome crushed Greece. Caesar Augustus ruled the Roman Empire when Jesus was born about 2,000 years ago, Luke 2.1. Christ and his apostles lived during the period represented by the legs of iron. Gibbon, the 18th century historian, no doubt had Daniel's prophecy in mind when he wrote, The images of gold or silver or brass that might serve to represent the nations and their kings was success successively broken by the iron monarchy of Rome. Edward Gibbon, The History of the Decline and the Fall of Roman Empire Think for a moment about this prediction from a human point of view. How could Daniel, living in the time of Babylon, have any idea of how many empires would succeed each other hundreds of years in the future? We have a hard time figuring out what the stock market is going to do the next week. And yet, Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece and Rome followed each other exactly as predicted, like obedient schoolboys in a line. Is God in control of the future? Can we have hope on the basis of his grand plan? The answer is a resounding yes. The feet and toes of iron mixed with clay. Would a fifth world power follow Rome? Just as you saw that the feet and toes were partly of baked clay and partly of iron, so this will be a divided kingdom. Yet it will have some of the strengths of iron in it, even as you saw iron mixed with clay. As the toes were partly iron and partly clay, so this kingdom will be partly strong and partly brittle. Daniel 2, 41 and 42 The prophet predicted, not a fifth world empire, but a division of the iron monarchy of Rome. Rome would fracture into ten kingdoms, as symbolized by the feet and toes of, eye of the image. Did this actually happen? It certainly did. During the 4th and 5th centuries of the Christian era, barbaric invaders from the north poured down on the decaying Roman Empire, del delivering blow after blow. Finally, ten of the tribes gained most of the territory of the Western Rome, and ten distinct independent nations established themselves within the boundaries of Europe. Thus the toes symbolize the modern nations of Europe today. Point 3. Our day in Bible prophecy. Does Daniel's prophecy predict that effects would be made to unite these nations of Europe under one ruler? 
And just as you saw the iron mixed with baked clay, so the people will be mixed and will not remain united any more than iron mixes with clay. Daniel 2.43 Over and over, powerful men have tried to unite Europe, but they have, they have fallen short of the goal every time. Napoleon came nearer than any other man to uniting a divided Europe, but prob probably thinking of this prophecy, as he fled defeated from the Battle of Waterloo, he cried, God Almighty is too much for me. Kaiser Wilhelm II and Adolf Hitler created the most powerful armed forces of their day, but each failed to unite Europe under their rule. Why? Because God's word was at stake. The people will be, mixed, will be a mixture and will not remain united. The outcome of two world wars confirmed that God holds a future in his hands. He is ultimately in control. That's certainly enough to give us hope, peace of mind and confidence in his plan for our lives. Point 4. A look into the future. Only one part of Daniel's prophecy remains unfulfilled. What is the meaning of the stone that strikes a statue on the feet, grinds it to powder and becomes a great mountain which fills the whole earth? In the time of those kings, the modern nations of Europe, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, nor will it be left to another people. It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end, but it will itself endure forever. Daniel 2.44 Those kings could refer only to the king symbolized by the feet and toes of the statue, the rulers of modern Europe pointing to our day. The stone that is cut out without man's hands is to strike the statue and break it into pieces and will then fill the whole world, earth. Verse 34, 35, 45. Soon Jesus will descend from heaven to set up a kingdom, his kingdom of happiness and peace. Then Christ, the rock of ages and the king of kings, kings will rule the world forever. Everything in the prediction of Daniel 2 has come to pass except the final act, the striking of the statue by the stone. According to God's timetable, we are now approaching the grand climax. Christ returned to our world. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is about to end the long, bloody struggle of human history and establish his eternal kingdom of love and grace. Point 5. The King's Dream and You this prophecy reveals the guiding hand of God in the rise and fall of nations. God knows the past, and this Bible prophecy clearly shows that he knows the future as well. If God directed the movements of nations with such precision, surely he can guide each individual's life. Jesus assures us, even the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. Matthew 10, 30-31 God's gift of faith can become the antidote to all our worries and fears. The hope he inspires can serve as an anchor for your souls. Hebrews 6, 19 The 16th century scholar Eramus related an incident during a sea voyage that stayed with him the rest of his life. His sailing vessel ran aground in a storm as violent waves crashed against the ship and it began to break up. Even the sailors panicked. 
The passengers were near hysteria. Most shouted for help to their patron saints, sang songs, or pleaded loudly in prayer. Ramus noted one passenger, however, who acted very differently. Of all of us, Iramis wrote, the one who remained most composed was a young woman who was holding a baby whom she was nursing. She was the only one who did not shout, weep, or bargain with heaven. She did nothing but pray quietly to herself while clasping the baby tightly on her lap. This prayer, Iramis realized, was just a continuation of her regular prayer life. She seemed to entrust herself to God. As the ship began to sink, this young mother was placed on a plank, given a spar to use as an oar, and sent out into the waves. She had to hold her baby with one hand and attempt to row with the other. Few thought she would survive the pounding surf, but her faith and composure stood her in good stead. The woman and her child were the first to reach shore. Hope in a trustworthy God can make all the difference, even when our world seems to be breaking up around us. We're not out there paddling on our own. A greater hand is guiding us and holding us up. If you will come to Christ in full surrender, He will give you faith that will see you through every storm. Discover the supernatural peace that Jesus promises. A beautiful verse from John 14.27 says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Do you have that peace? If you do, thank Jesus, our Savior. If you don't, why not invite him into your life today? Let's close with prayer. Thank you, dear Father in heaven, for your message. Help us to be prepared for the future. Guide and lead us with your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless and keep you safe. Have a wonderful day. I will ever be true.
with shame and reproach gladly bear. Then he'll call me someday to my home far away, where his glory forever I'll share. So I'll cherish the old rose in your rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross and Change it someday for a crown, for a Pass me not, O gentle Savior, hear my humble cry. We have almost come to the end of our broadcast. To know more on God's Word, you are always welcome to write to us. Adventist Media Center, Post Box 1446, Market Yard, Pune 411037, Maharashtra, India. And you can email us at helenrichesv at gmail.com. Dot com. Helen Riches V at Gmail dot com. H E L E N R I C H E S V at Gmail dot com. You can contact us with your prayer requests and your interest for Bible study at these numbers Center of Digital Evangelism CDE. Zero 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 eight zero 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 four zero one seven zero four, or you can message us directly at plus one seven four seven two eight two two eight eight zero. Our WhatsApp number is plus nine one nine zero 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 eight. Nine zero nine three, and you can email us at Helen Riches V at gmail dot com. H E 
एल ई एन आर आई सी एच ई एस वी एट जी मेल डॉट कॉम वी इन्वाइट यू टू विजिट अस ऑन आवर वेबसाइट डब्ल्यू 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 डॉट ए डब्ल्यू आर डॉट ओ आर जी दिस इज डेविड एंड आई एम माधुरी साइनिंग ऑफ एट ए डब्ल्यू आर Do join us again along with your family and friends. Till then we wish you goodbye, goodbye and, and god bless. This is the Adventist World Radio and you are listening to the Voice of Hope. For more information, please feel free to write to us. Our email address is bible@awr.org. Or you could also call us on WhatsApp at plus one two two four two 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 zero seven seven seven.